Hello everyone and welcome to episode 96 of the IA cast. My name is Michael Doeys and I'm here today with Aaliyah Dudley. Hello. And Jason Earls. Hey everyone. It's been a very busy week for a lot of folks uh, since they brought iPhones, out the new phones and watches. watches. Watches, all the stuff. iPhones and watches and updates. Oh my. I know a lot of us, not us directly here on the show today, but a lot Sadly. of the iAccessibility community has put in pre-orders and gotten you know, things already, and there have been a few podcasts recorded, and we got to see the devices, but don't have any new ones of our own, but it's really exciting. I, I think the watch and the phone are both very neat, although I'm very disappointed in the gold this year. And in fact, during one of our, ep our specials, I have dubbed this year's gold... Uh, chocolate milk gold and let me explain why i call it that because think of regular milk and chocolate milk it, the chocolate milk is kind of an off color darker shade of milk and the gold kind of reminds me of the silver white uh, iphone 10 but with a slight gold tint and it just i don't know i was expecting a little bit more yellow but that might be because of the store but I had to kind of get that out of the way before we went any further. But the other thing I didn't like about the gold phone is the stainless steel band is a darker gold that I thought would actually be a little lighter. It's all personal preference. I don't know what I'll get this year. But let's actually go ahead and talk about the news that we have. And that news involves new devices other than just Apple. Amazon brought out a lot of new devices this past week. So we have new Echoes, we have a mm. new Fire TV, we have a new device, what was it called? The Fire Recast? Yeah. It feels a yeah, little rip-off-y of Chromecast. It is in a way, but I understand what the device does. It, it takes terrestrial television and it broadcasts it over a Wi-Fi connection for other devices. And I guess if you're using uh, an Amazon Fire device, it'll do it via Wi-Fi Direct. And I think other devices, it just does it over your network. As far as I know, it doesn't do things like Netflix or anything like that. It's just for uh, TV. No, I just meant the name. But yeah, there's also a new Amazon Basics uh, smart switch. Or not smart, yeah, smart plug, I guess I should say. $25 on Amazon. And there's this new, I don't remember what it's called, but essentially it's an Echo Dot without the speaker part. And it's just meant to bring Alexa support to your, to your home. So. And don't they have something for cars too? Yes. Alexa. That you can get. Auto. Cancel. A lady auto. <laughs> yes. A lady, folks. A lady. And don't they have a A lady enabled microwave too? They do, but it does not talk. You can um, set your time and things with it, and it doesn't talk. It's only $60, which brings into question the wattage and power of this microwave. That's all stuff we'd have to research, but we will have links to these announcements in the show notes. I think it's interesting that they have new Echoes themselves, so I feel like they just refreshed the Echoes and now we have new devices. New show, new dot, 
think, a new Echo Plus. they have a subwoofer, too? Yeah, the Echo Sub, which is aiming at the Sonos and HomePod and all that stuff. I really have not had the chance to take a look at what was announced because we've been at a conference. I think we actually missed one. I think it's Guard, which is like a security system that they announced. Yes, and the new security cameras that you can just kind of... They did in partnership with Ring that you can put your camera up by your door and have visibility. I will say this. There are merits to the Google devices as well. One of the things that we found the most interesting was uh, Aaliyah was making brownies. And go ahead and talk about that experience compared to A-Lady. The A-Lady can send your recipe to your phone and it can read out a list of ingredients however the google home line offers the opportunity to step through the recipe step by step so it'll read each ingredient one at a time if you ask it or a whole list and you can tell it to go next and when you get into the steps of the recipe when it reads you combine together flour sugar baking powder and salt good lord some people don't know how much you know they don't remember how much how much was that how much salt so you can summon the google device and say how much salt and it will tell you and when you're ready to move on you can say next and it'll read the next step and you can go through the recipe completely hands-free which is really cool the thing that i thought was interesting was when you got to the portion of the recipe where you actually had to put it in the oven, it actually asked if you want to wanted to set a timer for that amount of time. I thought that was genius. Whoa, that's so cool. It is if you have it in the oven, but if you're you know, if you're not quick like me and don't didn't put it in the oven while it was talking, it's a little annoying, but yeah. But the fact that it has that granularity of control ah. uh to allow you to do these things is just interesting and it's why that it is a good thing to actually have multiple of these assistants around the house. Let's go ahead and talk about something that iAccessibility has been doing and would like to do more of and that is help you out there have your dream become reality and that is to help you build your apps or your websites and make your dreams and your plans come to life. So we have app development and web development services that are professionally done. We have apps in the App Store that we've built for folks. And we have websites that are out there for, you know, that others have asked us to build. So we offer these services at iAccessibility.net. So head there and look at our services to build your dream through us there's been so many devices you know ios android devices have been coming out new echoes so the question kind of comes up which is the right device for you how do you pick the best device for your use case and it's really you know if you look beyond affordability it's a good question because some people say, I want the best and the biggest, but do you actually need that? For some people, it's not about need. Well, that's true too. 
10s max 512 gigabytes anybody there's always want and and you could want something and if you have the means to afford it why not but let's look at this as a at a practical perspective here what devices do you need so first off i want to go around to you guys and and ask you guys this question if it were within your means to upgrade this year, would you upgrade to a new phone or to a new device? And if so, which device and why? If it were within my means, I would totally upgrade to a new device. The device that I would upgrade to would most likely be the iPhone XS Max 64 gigs. And the reason for that is... I have had my iPhone 8 Plus since around Christmas of last year, and I still have like 40-something gigs on it. And I mean, taking my use case into account, I don't use my phone for a lot of music downloading. I don't use it for a lot of Netflix offline viewing. Um, I mean, I, I have an Apple Music subscription, so whatever music I want to listen to, I can generally generally listen to while I have an internet connection. And if not, I figure I can I can download any albums or songs that I want and then delete them when I'm done. And that's the kind of person I, I, I tend to be. When I'm not using something, except for maybe apps, uh, music or books or something, once I get done with them, I tend to get rid of them. So for me, it doesn't make sense to get a... 256 gig or 512 gig phone although i did do that for my ipad and i would probably do the same thing if new ipads were available i just have this weird thing about my tablet should have more space than my phone <laughs> i don't know now why the max and not the regular the just the 10s because i want the bigger battery but mostly i like the form factor of the iphone 10s max at least, I like the form factor of the iPhone, the plus variants of the iPhone over the non-plus variants, and I gather that the Max is pretty much the same in width, and for my hands, that just works better for me, having a slightly wider device. And Aaliyah, how about you? Let's start with phones. If I could, honestly, I wouldn't. Not only did I just get my 10 in June, at the end of June, but... Honestly, the differences between the 10 and the 10s are negligible. The 10s Max is way too big for my hands. I used to have a Plus phone. My last phone was a 7 Plus. But I feel like just the fact that the 10s Max is thicker and a little heavier than the 7 Plus was, it just makes it way just too much phone. I can't do it. Even if it did have a bigger battery, which it does. I can't. I just can't see myself using that. Also, I think I might like to have the next size up, so a 256 gig phone, but it's not enough to force me to want to upgrade because I have space on my iPhone. I really would like to know what's taking all my space because I have almost used 64 gigs. It's probably on my apps. I couldn't be convinced to upgrade, especially with what we know about stereo audio right now. It's only in videos, and that was the big selling point for me on the XS, and I just can't see it. 
Now, if I had, for example, an 8 plus, a 7 plus, a 7, 8, anything, and definitely anything older than an 8, I would be upgrading. Because this is the form factor that Apple's going to be working with for the next little bit. It's the first really, you know, it's, it's, it's closer to the slab of glass that Apple would like to have. There's no home button. And I'm sorry, folks, but there isn't going to be a home button. Apple's not going to go back. It's just not how they work. Same thing with the headphone jack. Those who are still holding on to six line phones because of the headphone jack. Apple's not going to put it back. This is the fourth generation of phone since they took it away. Set well, if you count the 8 and the 10 as two separate generations, which I kind of do because of the form factor. And they're not going to put it back, folks. They're not. They took away the adapter in the packaging. You can buy them, but they no longer feel that it's essential to include 3.5 millimeter adapters with their phones. That means that they think, correctly or not, but they think that their W1 products and their Lightning earpods are enough. And it's not just, you know, Apple's earpods that they feel are ready. I mean, you have all these other Lightning accessories that are available too and Lightning headphones like the the ones by Pioneer, I think they're called the Rays, and then you have things like the Ambios and you 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 have these headphones that can do things that just maybe aren't necessarily possible with just a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. Yeah, there there are definitely a lot of things available and you can still buy splitters and dongles and things if you really need them, which I have some in my possession and I do use them. Also, I wanted to talk about watches and I feel that I will be upgrading. I sold my Series 2 watch and I will be upgrading to the Series 4. I will not be getting the cellular version because I don't, I can't really afford that for one. And for two, I don't feel like I would need it. Really. I can convince myself that I might, in some remote possibility, have a dead phone and no batteries and no way to call anybody, which not accurate because I have two phones. But I just, I think that I will really like the performance boost to the Series 4. It's the first um, 64-bit watch. And it seems to be performing a lot faster. It also seems to be a lot louder, which is great for people who may have hearing problems or on that loud bus when you can't hear your watch. I'm super excited about the fall detection as well. The whole point of this show is talking about what devices do you individually personally need. And I feel like if I'm measuring things on a performance basis only, then I would have more of a need for the Apple Watch Series 4, much more of a need, versus the iPhone XS and XS Max, because my 8 Plus still performs, well, I mean, iOS 12 came out, so of course it performs even better than it did with iOS 11, but it's not slow by any means, and it's not going to be slow for a long time, even if it's still in the previous iPhone generation of 
way of doing things, if you will. It still has its taptic home button, but I mean, definitely I want to get the new Apple Watch because dealing with the issues with voiceover on the Series 2, it's just really annoying. And Aaliyah pointed out to me the other day that you can actually scroll when you're flicking. You can flick faster than voiceover can keep up with you, which is amusing and not actually all that desirable. No, but it's better than the Series 2, which is like, click, I'll think about talking. Also, I want to bring up a point, and there's been a lot of discussion about this lately. If you are considering upgrading from the six line, the five line. I heard of somebody with a 4S still. If you are upgrading from phones, don't sell yourself short. The oldest phone that I would buy right now is a 10. I would not buy an 8 Plus. Even though Apple is selling 8s, selling 7s, don't buy them. Because you're buying into an old ecosystem. Apple's not going to want to keep that hanging around. The new operating systems are built and are going to continue to be designed for the 10 style phones. So if you have to, buy a used phone. But don't buy into that old architecture and old hardware just because... You might be nervous about Face ID or the new gestures or what have you. Don't do it. I'm going to counter that slightly and say that it's it's kind of, a. I mean, as a technologist, if that's even a thing, a word. Um, yes. yes, it is. That's a word. <laughs> I'm not a grammarist. I'm a technologist, people. As a technologist, I would agree with Aaliyah. I really would. As... Somebody who also understands, and I'm not saying you don't, Aaliyah, but as somebody who also understands a little bit the way a rather less tech-savvy person might think, I don't think the 8 line is a no-buy. I just think if you're definitely a technologist, you shouldn't buy it. Yes, Apple is not going to want the home buttons and stuff to stay around. They are going to change over to the interface that the iPhone 10 has. I mean, it's going to even be on the iPads. We already have the gestures in iOS 12 on the iPads. But even though Apple wants to move away from that home button, these devices are still, in theory, going to be supported for several years. I mean, look how long the 5S was supported. I understand the focus of iOS 12 was performance and making older devices run better, but you're still going to have a little bit of time and then, you know, you could save up and hopefully have the money to get that new phone that you want or something. I mean, it's, yes, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I see it, but I don't because you can buy a used 10 for about the same price as you could buy a new eight and perhaps cheaper. You're, also, placing yourself in an ecosystem that will last longer, even, than the 8s, I'm guessing. Because while they have the same chip, you know, you're going to be setting yourself up for the future and not putting off the learning curve of these new gestures and face ID and all of these things. 
which really honestly are pretty intuitive once you have the phone in your hand. It's hard to describe them as a trainer, but once you have your phone in your hand and you can really get a feel for what's being talked about, you can learn those new gestures fairly quickly. I personally would not buy an iPhone 8. If I needed a new phone, I would most likely, Aaliyah, do what you said and look for used 10s. Even though I don't like the slightly slimmer case of the 10 versus the Plus phones, that's probably what I would do for the exact reasons you said. Since I am low vision, I, I'm going to get the Max phone. I'm very excited about this because I do like to record video. I do like to take photos and I like to do everything the phone can do. I don't know if I'll go 512. It's not much more expensive than the 256 model, so I might, but I don't know. And it's just a nice phone. It really is for people that are being professional or that like to travel or that don't want to have to carry an iPad mini or always have to pull out their iPad to do bigger things. So like GarageBand would be easier on this phone. A lot of apps will have split view. So it's more like an iPad. And the one thing I love about this is the keyboard is so much bigger for low vision users. And so that kind of brings me to why we're doing this show. And that's to kind of talk about what is right for one person is not always right for somebody else. You know, I need bigger space because of 4K video. I need bigger space for the books that I may want to download and Apple Music caches. And that's another annoyance, but it's there. And also, when you're a developer, you have to kind of stay current with the bigger phones because, you know, I switched to a 10 and realized that all these apps had black bars at the top and bottom. So what is that going to do to apps on the max phone will they have the same problem because of a different screen size it's going to be interesting on the 10r to see if they're going to have problems with sizing it's not really said and so you know as a developer yes i would love to have both to try it on both and also because the uh, 10r is blue but because you know you sometimes you can only have one so you have to pick the best one for you to get the most use out of if you're willing to go out and be adventurous and move up, then please do so. Get the, you know, get what everybody else will be using. It will help you. It will keep you current. And, you know, when people are using these neat features, you won't be left behind. For example, as blind people, we can use the emojis. We can use all these other things just like our sighted peers. And these things are becoming very popular, folks. There's now the new Memoji and all these other things that are not available on the 8. You can't use these things. And so I really want to tell people the 8s are great. They're good phones. The 7s are great. They're good phones. You could buy them. But if you're willing and you want to stay current and you want to stay relevant... I would go with these new phones. You could get them at a good price. You know, the original iPhone 1, folks, you had to spend $650 for. The new 10R is going to be $100 more. And you could get it subsidized, whereas the first one you could not. So it's not much more than the original phone. And you get most of the new features. So it's kind of a no-brainer. 
and you get a bigger phone, almost the same size of a plus-sized phone. So it's kind of the best of both worlds there. So I, w- I would suggest people, if you're looking at new phones, to stay with the 10 line and only get the 8 or below if that's just something you really refuse to do. And some people have. To all of the guys out there that are blind or deafblind that say the new phones prevent you from being able to use your phone in your pocket. This message is for you. Don't. It looks so weird. Do not use your phone in your pocket. I understand that you've been able to do that for a long time. But we need to, as people that are blind, we need to actually look as if we are doing things similar to our sighted peers. It looks very weird if you have your hand in your pocket flicking on your screen. I understand that you can have a braille display and have your phone in your pocket and then use your braille display. But take take your phone out, guys. Yeah, take, take your phone out. out of Let your people know what you're doing and With they will see that your braille display is is actually interfacing with your phone. It helps provide a frame of reference for the people around you and it allows you to fit in more with society as you go about your daily tasks. You know, we've talked about our preferences and what we get, but the honest point of this show is to talk about how to how can you determine what you should get. And the ways that I believe that are ways that you can do that is when a new device comes out, whether it be Android, Apple, or you know, otherwise these new A-Lady devices or Google Homes, is to say, what am I going to use this device for? Am I going to be using it for videotaping or, you know, taking videos of, that dates me, videotaping? You really just said that. Yes, I did. I was going to oh say, my. are we in the 90s again? But, <laughs> you know, it, it, when oh you gosh. grow up in that time, it just becomes an expression that you use. It kind of like, you know, using an iPod is was not, always an iPod. Uh, You know, if you're videoing family or, you know, taking photos and different things is a different use case if you're going to be using your phone for reading books on Bard and then deleting them, right? Or reading Audible books or using it for actual phone calls. You know, some people say they just want a a phone to make calls or texts. And for that, I would recommend a smaller phone if you're not going to be using it for YouTube and different things. It's important to say, I can get all these things, but what do I need as a user of this device? And which system is going to be the most important? Because honestly, guys, if you're looking for affordability, an iPhone may not be the best thing. You know, you could go with an Android phone and get one that's relatively cheap to do what you want to do. If it's just listening to books, answering and hanging up phone calls and getting into te- uh, receiving texts. And a good Android phone can do the higher-end things. So did you start out with iPhone or Android is a good way to start by saying, am I willing to try something new by switching or do I want to stay with what I have and what I know? And sometimes it's good to you know go in the store and take a look at what, you, what your options are. We all as technologists here on this show are, you know, we try everything because that's what we do. But we know that when you go out there, you're just trying to use these devices 
to get things done, right? And so it's important to get the right device to get what you need done and to be relevant in your world because these devices are an extension of us. So it's important to know what works best for you. So, you know, if you're a smaller person, you may want the smaller Apple Watch and a smaller iPhone. If you can, if you have the ability to carry a bigger phone and you use a bigger phone, that's important to you. So it's important to take these into account when you go into that store. Because, you know, it's kind of like buying a car. They'll try to sell you anything. So you have to know when you go in there what is right for you. So if you're a person that wants to listen to music and not really big on the video, for example, for a person that's totally blind, if you're looking at the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 2 XL, the Pixel 2 will do what you need. And it's cheaper and a lot smaller. But if you want those enhanced features for visuals, then the 2XL would be the way to go. And I certainly had to do some of that. And I have been in cases where I've had the luxury of taking the time to do all of that research for myself to figure out what features I would use on what device. But I've also been in a situation where I didn't really have a lot of time to do research. When I got my first Android phone, it was one of those situations. I actually, no, that's not true. When I got my second Android phone, I was kind of in that situation because I had used Android in the past and it was, to put it very politely, not only was it a bad experience on my part just because I, I didn't like it, but it was also boring in my opinion. It was very, very boring. Now, I ended up moving where my carrier did not work so i was able to get out of my contract and of course that meant i had to send my phone back which at that time was an iphone it was an iphone 4s and uh when i got the pixel not not the pixel sorry the nexus 4 i'll get my phones right one of these days i knew that android was improved i knew that but i didn't really know if i would like it and i didn't have the time or the ability really to do research to figure that out as far as the research I felt I would need, which was physical research. Because I didn't know anybody who had a Nexus 4. Honestly, the only Android devices I knew that people had at the time around me were running gingerbread. I'm, I, I think. I don't think anybody even had ice cream sandwich uh, that I could talk to. And so I got it. And I mean, luckily it worked out for me. And I feel like if I needed to switch platforms or wanted to switch platforms, I could, especially now. But I, you know, I've I had to kind of dive a little bit off of into the unknown with the uh, Nexus Four, and I found that I really didn't like that narrow of a phone. A, a wider phone was a lot easier for me to deal with. What are some techniques for folks out there who are looking at new devices? For what are some tips that you guys can give? folks to go out and pick the device that's best for them what would y'all recommend people do do your research both online and in person get the device in your hand feel how it works turn on speech if it has it investigate the device as thoroughly as you can voiceover still does not work on the demo watches folks it's very unfortunate because I would like to see the 
44 millimeter watch on my wrist with voiceover and see if it's too big because I'm trying to make the decision right now between the 40 and the 44 and I want to know and so that frustrates me a lot anyway get your hands on stuff look online at reviews talk on mailing lists or whatsapp groups or facebook groups those things that you have at your disposal ask if people have certain devices and what their impressions are of them and just get a good idea talk to representatives take their comments with a bit of a grain of salt because they're trying to sell you something but ask any questions that you have i would definitely agree with everything that you said alia and i would also add one of the things i do is i don't really know how to describe it other than analyze my habits my my technology habits what do i do with the technology i already have and can i figure out a way that a new feature on a new device would be able to enhance what i do or maybe it would allow me to figure out something new to do with these new devices and going off what you said jason about looking at your habits it's important to know do these devices do what you need them to do which device is going to do it the best for your style of work and it's also important to look at what you have compare it to what is new so Kind of like Aaliyah said earlier, you know, I plan on upgrading because I have a need and honestly a want. I mean, let's just be real. But, you know, Aaliyah brought up a point when she said that she is not going to upgrade because the 10 does what she needs it to do. And that's important for everybody to take note of. Does your current phone do what you need it to do? And would the new phone improve on your workflow if the answer is no then there's no real point in getting a new device until you have a new device that comes out that actually impacts or could impact how you live your life if you realize that your current phone does not change that then there's no point in upgrading or changing those devices you know if the same computer does what you need it to do and it's still getting the same software, you know, like a, a older Mac or Windows 10 computer. If it does what you need it to do, and it's not broken, it's still supported, hold on to it. As long as you feel that upgrading is just getting the next best thing, I wouldn't worry about it. And just stay with what works best for you. Well, I think this has been a great episode. I can't wait to get new devices and play with them and do some demos here on the IACast network. It's going to be really awesome. We're going to get watches and we're going to have all kinds of content from these new devices. With all that being said, Jason, where can people find you online and what is your pick of the week? My pick of the week is a game called Frequency Missing. It's a really fun game. It doesn't have a lot of complicated things that you need to do to play the game. It's basically just a drag your finger around the screen and lift to interact type playing system. But, I mean, the storyline's pretty nice. You play a, a, a lady by the name of Patricia. She's a reporter for radio station IDUN, and you're trying to solve the mystery behind your missing friend and colleague Richard. Incidentally, we're going to have a game cast of that up pretty soon. 
So that'll be really neat. It's a really fun game. I mean, the voice acting does leave a little bit to be desired, but it is free. It's also cross-platform. So there's an Android version and an iOS version. And I think, uh, you know, folks should really check it out, especially if you're into uh, mysteries and detective stories and stuff. It's kind of like an audio drama, sort of. As far as where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. You can search for me on Twitter at JDE, that's Juliet Delta Echo 91. And you can also find me on Facebook, just search for Jason Earls. Aliyah, what is your pick and where can people find you online? My pick for this week is a game called Fear. It is $1.99 right now. Um, the developer in the description states that after the first thousand people, the price will go up. It is a game where it's essentially an endless runner. You collect items, kill zombies, and jump over stuff or slide under stuff. And try to complete quests, which will level you up and increase how much your score is multiplied by over time. So... In the style of an endless runner, you can also buy upgrades for the items that you can find on the on the ground while you're running. And it is both an audio and visual game. There are graphics. Michael can attest to this. And he's addicted. <laughs> anyway, it is a really cool game. There will be a game cast of it soon. I don't know when, but soon. And... We will show it off a little bit. Anyway, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A, at iAccessibility.net. And you can follow me on Twitter at BlindCowGirl199. My pick this week is really cool. I have been a big fan of Workflow and now Shortcuts. And so I'm going to pick a particular shortcut. It is called Say Cheese. This shortcut lets you take a photo with Siri. So you can line up your shot with seeing AI, figure out what's there, and then tell Siri, say cheese. And it takes a second because it opens the shortcuts app and then takes the photo without you having to press a button except for, you know, for Siri. Unless you do, you know, hey, and then Siri. So it is a quick way to get a quick snapshot without having to actually, you know, use a button on the device. And this is very reminiscent to how Android can do things. There are other apps out there that can do this in the App Store. But I just think it's cool that a shortcut from anywhere in the OS could do this. So I'm a big fan of the Say Cheese shortcut uh, that you can get in the gallery. If you want to find me online, you can by finding me on iAccessibility.net, producing content. You can email me at Mike Doeys, that's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. I am Mike Doeys on Twitter. If you want to find me on, on Facebook, just search for Michael Doeys. Uh, I have my website at michaeldoeys.com, and I'm all over the web, just search for me. If you want to find iAccessibility online, you can at iAccessibility.net. We are iAccessibility1 on Twitter. We have our wonderful iAccessibility app for iOS. And we have a new home online for the podcast. 
at iacast.net. It is wonderful. It's great, and I love it. It looks really cool, and you can get all of our episodes there. You'll be able to get our premium content there as well very soon. So once we get that going, you'll be able to get all of our outtakes that you used to be able to get on Patreon. We have email. You can email us at feedback at iaccessibility.net to leave us comments. And we also have this thing called a hashtag on Twitter. At Just uh, use hashtag IACast to leave us comments or feedback and to talk about what we discuss on the shows. You know, we always have our show notes at iaccessibility.net, so check that out there. And we have all of our stuff that we talk about at iaccessibility.net, so we hope you check that out. We are getting very close to episode 100, folks. We're very excited about this. And we will have a surprise on episode 100. And I'm not going to talk about that at all at this point, so you'll have to wait and see what that is. But it is exciting that we have done 100, nearly 100 of these things. Jason has been there nearly since the beginning of the IACast. Aaliyah joined us on episode 37, right? Yes, indeed. It's very exciting to see where we have come from and where we are going. And we will always strive to make the podcast better. So anything that we can do, please let us know. And we would love to, to see how it goes. So... I want to thank everybody who's been on the stream today, and I want to thank everybody that subscribes to the podcast. You could find the podcast in iTunes, Google Play, even Spotify now. Anywhere that there is podcast, you will find the IACast network of shows, and I'm glad that uh, we can do what we do. So I hope you guys support us and help us out as we grow and get bigger and bring you more content that we love to talk about. Until next episode, we will be out, and uh, we'll see you next time for all new technology discussions. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Copyright 2018, iAccessibility, LLC.